Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree. You're tuned into episode 30 of Hashtag You Good Man. In this episode, we're going to be taking a look at the idea of imposter syndrome. We're going to be identifying signs and symptoms, looking at how it shows up in our daily lives, and most importantly, identifying strategies to quell those symptoms when they do arise. Now, I've been hearing imposter syndrome for years and years, whether it's in, you know, have, in discussion with friends and family or with colleagues within the profession of social work. And I had a, a, a general grasp on what the idea of and what the definition of imposter syndrome is. So real quick, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which a person doubts their accomplishments and have a fear of being exposed as a fraud. And so when I looked up that, again, I had an idea of what the definition was, but when I looked up, I was like, um, yeah, that's you, Phil. <laughs> you know, without even doing delving into the research like I have, I'm like, that's you, right? That's you. And that's a lot of people that you know. And there's no reason, you know, it's understandable why that studies show and statistics show that 70% of people will experience imposter syndrome at some point in their life. It's the idea that the more you achieve, the more you accomplish, you start saying, man, how did I get here? Right. Am I worthy enough to be here? Many of us operate from a place of shame. Right. Society in general operates from a place of shame. We're told to downplay our achievements, to downplay our accomplishments, not to celebrate ourselves. And so that's where imposter syndrome lives, especially when we talk about people who live with depression and anxiety. Whenever I go and speak in front of people and I have my PowerPoint up, and I talk about my qualifications first prior to I'm like, can I do this? Right. Forget the fact that I've done it 20 or 30 times already. But I question myself, am I capable of doing this? Am I qualified, whether we're talking about academically or just am I qualified as a as a human being? To to express myself and be vulnerable enough for people to listen to me. So, again, with people who live with depression and anxiety, with us, it it takes on a life of its own. And this, we start down this rabbit hole and we continue to spiral down it. And so, so often, I'll get into the strategies, I just literally have to tell myself to stop. I tell myself to stop and I tell myself, you know what, you are worthy. So in preparation, before speaking, I always say, Phil, listen, you've done this before. Who's more qualified than you? Look at your degrees, baby. You know, look at look at the things that you've accomplished. Look at the, they asked you to come here for a reason. They didn't just see you on the street and say, hey, you come here, do this. No, they've watched your work. They've had conversations with you. They've had dialogue with you. You're not an imposter. You earn this shit. Right. So often we got to we feel like we got to go out of our way to show people that we belong, especially when we talk about people of color. Right. People of color, we've, we've had this chip on our shoulder for so long that we in order to survive, we had to work twice as hard for women in certain workspaces. They have to work twice as hard just to get recognition. And so it's taking that idea in every situation, every setting to where you're like, yo, am I just worthy? That's ultimately the question. Am I worthy? We're talking about a lack of self-confidence anxiety, 
doubts about your thoughts, abilities, achievements, and accomplishments, negative self-talk. Oh, you can't do this. I did a panel discussion yesterday and I told the brother I was vulnerable with the people that I was speaking to. I said, listen, I'm sitting here next to this brother and I see him opening his book that he had written and I'm, I'm asking myself, Phil, why didn't you write a book yet? Right? You claim to be this elite speaker. You don't have a book. And in me being vulnerable, I had to tell myself again, stop. You're right where you need to be. Conversely, the brother who I was talking about with the book, he said, listen, I heard you say you have three degrees. And here you are talking about my book. And I'm sitting here like, yo, why don't I have a degree? Why didn't I get my degree yet and finish? And so again, there's so many, so many, so much negative self-talk that takes place in our head that really cripples us. It leaves the feelings of inadequacy where we're dwelling on past mistakes, not feeling good enough. And when we operate in this place of shame, it makes it really difficult to have a realistic view of self. And so where does this show up? A common place that it shows up is when we start a new job, right? You go through the whole interview process, which varies in length. For some, it's a few weeks. For some, it's a few months. And then you get to that point where you start the new job. And the first few weeks, you really question, can I do this? Am I capable of this? Why did they give me this as if I can do it? Right? And it's just like, you've went through this entire process and you need more validation, right? We need, because it's like, oh man, I didn't finesse them to the point where I got this job. And it's just like, no, you're qualified. You have the credentials necessary to complete the tasks that are in front of you. But again, imposter syndrome and the shame aspect that again, many of us operate from, it's, can I do this? Especially when we're switching fields. I know for me, when I, when I began to transition to go from social work to exercise science, I was like, man, can I do this, right? I'm not a math person. One of the reasons why I went into social work. And so we're talking about all these calculations and, and science-based ideas, which I hadn't really had exposure to, right? But what did I have to do? I had to challenge myself to say, Phil, you know what? You're capable. What it requires, what does it require? It requires you to put effort. Yes, you may have to put a little bit more effort so you can grasp these concepts. But yes, you have the aptitude to achieve. And so for you listening, if you're experiencing that, you have to remind yourself over and over again what you've achieved already in the past, right? And how that that type of, of inspiration, that's where you can draw it from. You can draw from prior accomplishments, and again, when we get into strategies, I'll identify some of those ways. Because one of the reasons, one of the ways is to write it down. Another way it manifests itself, we attribute our success to others. We're, we lack so much self-compassion as a people. As a people, as a society, we, lo we lack self-compassion. We're taught to give our, our accolades and give our roses to others. Oh, I wouldn't have done this if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have achieved this if it wasn't for this person or this opportunity, or it's just by chance, right? It's by chance that this happened. And it's like, again, give yourself some credit. Uh, the comedian Dion Cole, 
right? I saw him when I was younger. He came on TV. He was on BET Comic View. He came on TV and he said, first and foremost, I want to thank myself. And then he crossed it off the list. And everybody laughed. And I was like, it's genius. So right when I graduated from undergraduate, from undergraduate university, uh, <laughs> undergraduate university, well, my undergraduate degree, when I spoke, it was my turn to speak at the at the black and brown people graduation. I said, first and foremost, I want to thank myself. And everybody laughed. And it was like, no, I'm serious. Because if we don't credit ourselves for the things that we do and the things that we accomplish, then what good are we? What good are we? We've done this, right? And I'm not saying don't attribute, you know, all, give credit to other people for those who subscribe to a to a higher power. If you want to attribute your success to Jesus, Allah, Buddha, but don't forget about you because you played a pivotal part in your success. But again, those who, who live with imposter syndrome, they find that in, themselves incapable of doing that. People who, who live with imposter syndrome are unhappy at their jobs, right? They're unhappy because they're either overworking themselves because, again, they have to show that they're that they're worthy enough to be in this position. Or they, they sabotage themselves by by not doing is doing what they can do because they're always thinking of the next task. Right. It's always it's something else I can be doing instead of being able to focus, being able to hone in many entrepreneurs. I think imposter syndrome is code for entrepreneur. Because many of us have those ebb and flow moments where we think, am I doing enough? We do comparison. And then when we do achieve, it's, oh, that person saw me and they took a chance on me, which very well could be true. But then it stops there. It couldn't be like, you know what? I was prepared for this moment, though. Like, yes, they might have saw uh, me post about, you know, doing speaking engagements. But it's ultimately me with the content, me putting it out there, me having the skill set. Often when I go into to white spaces and white universe, predominantly white uh, academic institutions, I question myself. Right. The audience could be all Caucasian and I'm sitting there like right, here I am as a black man, the elephant in the room, the big black man, which is even a bigger elephant. Right. And I'm sitting here despite having a master's in social work, a master's in exercise science. I'm again asking myself, am I worthy enough to be here? Do I have the knowledge base to effectively communicate? Why would they want to listen to me? Have to tell myself, stop. We really have to tell ourselves, stop. And you'll be surprised at how powerful of a tool that that is. So right now we're going to get into the five types of imposters. The first type is the expert. And so the expert will not feel satisfied when finishing a task until they feel that they know everything about the subject. They continuously hunt for new information, which prevents them from completing tasks and projects. They avoid applying for a job, right? They avoid applying for a job because they do not meet every requirement and may fall into the category of, of expert. How many times have you gone to a job application and you're like, well, I have A, B, C, D, uh, but E? Oh, I don't have E. You have four out of the five 
But because you don't have the fifth, it's just like, you know what? I'm not going to apply for this job. And then you start falling down that rabbit hole. Why would they want me? I don't even know why I'm doing this. They're, they're going to have somebody better. It's, so, it's always somebody better out there to do what it is that you're, you know you're capable of doing. We have the perfectionists. That's people who aim for perfection, who often experience high levels of anxiety, doubt, and worry, especially when they fail to achieve their extreme goals. Their perfectionists are usually dissatisfied with their work. They focus on areas where they could have been better rather than celebrate the things they did well. Again, personal story and me doing my presentations, right? And this is why I rarely watch them. That's why I won't listen to this podcast, right? Because I, I may fumble over a word or I may have a uh, 30 milli milliseconds gap of, of airtime where, because I'm trying to think of the next thing to say. So I'll, I'll beat myself up about the entire podcast just because of that little moment, right? But from reality, we aren't perfect. You, Brene Brown wrote the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And so it's important. I'm telling myself this, Phil, it's important that you show yourself grace, one second mishap, a 10 second mishap, one full episode mishap doesn't mean that you aren't great at what you do. It doesn't mean that you're not dope. It may mean that, you know what, you have to write out some things a little bit better. We can problem solve, but show yourself grace, show yourself that and let yourself know that it's okay. Perfectionists have hard times letting themselves know that everything is going to be okay. We have the natural genius. Now, natural geniuses are typically able to master a new skill quickly and easily, and they often feel ashamed and weak when they cannot. People who fall into this category fail to recognize that nearly everyone who needs to build upon their skills throughout life to succeed, right? So sometimes I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm a natural genius or not. It's some things I do great. And I understand right off the bat. And yeah, I, I guess I do at times when I it's something that's so simple. I can't grasp that idea. I can't grasp that idea. And so we tend to beat ourselves up about it. Right. But in reality, again, that does us no good. Then you have the soloist. This also should be called Phil. They prefer to work alone and tend to believe that asking for help will reveal their incompetence. I hated group projects in school. I hated them, right? I wanted to be independent. I wanted to work by myself. I needed everything attributed to me, whether it's the success or the failures, right? Because I didn't trust anybody enough, right? I didn't trust anybody enough. And so if I do ask for help, that's why they say there's no such thing as a dumb question when you're in the classroom. Who wants to raise their hand and say, listen, I didn't understand that because you think your peers are going to call you a, a big dummy. But they always say that if you raise your hand, there's 30 people in the classroom, at least 25 of them have the same question. But it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes courage. It takes vulnerability in order for us to, to feel comfortable enough to get out of the soloist mindset 
of imposter syndrome in order to collaborate. Because that's ultimately what we're talking about. We're talking about collaboration. You know, there's this power dynamic in, in so many settings. You have the student, the teacher. You have the expert. And you have the person who doesn't know. Right? But these, this is collaborative. We need each other. Yes, you have information, but my presence either offers some type of payment. It keeps you employed. And it also also offers some intrinsic worth that we get from one another by helping out. And last but not least, we have the superhero. Superheroes often excel in all areas, mainly because they push themselves so hard. Many workaholics can be classified as superheroes. This overload of work will eventually result in burnout, which can affect the physical, mental well-being of an individual and relationships. Think about it. We know that one person who's always at work, you haven't talked to him forever and forever. Like, yo, what's going on? Where you been, man? I've been working. I've been pushing. I've been grinding, 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 grinding. I always say the grind doesn't love you like you love the grind. The grind doesn't care if you're mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally well. It doesn't. The day your grind stops, somebody else will be there to pick up the grind. They write their waiting. It's always going to be somebody that'll be right in your spot when you're done because you've overworked yourself. You're burned out. So it's imperative that we, we find some type of balance. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about balance. So now to the strategies. How do we overcome imposter syndrome? Well, first and foremost, we talk about it. We talk about what imposter syndrome is. We talk about it with our friends, with our families. It comes up in conversations. We're vulnerable enough with one another. We talk to our therapists about our feelings, about the negative self-talk that we have day in and day out. We try to learn strategies to help us deal. One of the strategies that we learn to help us deal is first understanding what the symptoms are for you. Again, I talked about symptoms. For me, it's negative self-talk. So I have to literally tell myself, Phil, stop. I have to inhale slowly, exhale even slower. I have to calm myself. I have to use guided imagery. I have to think about places that I'd rather be, right? Places, my happy place, whether it's the gym, whether it's on the beach. And I think about these things to help bring me back to reality, to help me calm, to help me decompress. But the more you understand the symptoms, the more you understand how they impact you. Again, knowledge of self is one of the most important things you could ever have. Celebrating success. I used to get frustrated on social media because social media is a lot of people celebrating their success, whether it's small, whether it's large. But now I understand what it is. Celebrate yourself because nobody else will. Nobody else will. I get accolades all the time from brothers, from sisters appreciating the work that I do. But I find it so difficult to celebrate who I am and celebrate the fact that I am offering so much of myself and how amazing that is. So celebrating the successes. So for all for you might see me posting more. Y'all was out here. Shout out to me. <laughs> right. Shout out to me. 
Because at the end of the day, it's about you. This is your life. They always ask, oh, why is this about why everything I be about you? I'm like, because this is our life. This is my life. It has to be about me. Now, I incorporate others in for sure because I understand the balance and the need to connect with others. But don't be mistaken. This is about me in my life, in my journey, first and foremost. And then I can, once I'm good, I can be even better for my daughter, for my son. I can be even better when I'm out here speaking because I recognize, oh, baby boy, this is for you. Document your accomplishments. Document your accomplishments. Sometimes when I go back, I go back every few months and I update my curriculum vitae, right? It's that when I send around to people and, and try to and engage them so they could book me for engagements, I start adding the ones that I've had for the month. And I was like, wow, I'm really on two pages. I'm on three pages. I'm on four pages now of events where I've spoken, presentations and publications, right? I need to look at that more often, I'm gonna be honest. I need to at least look at that list once a week, twice a week, or whenever I start having this doubt that I'm not worthy, I need to look at this because that's one thing that gives me perspective. We're talking about perspective and people who live with imposter, imposter syndrome, they lose perspective. So definitely document your accomplishments. And last but not least, challenge the negative thoughts. Challenge them. When you sit there and say, oh, you're not going to be good at this, you might have a conversation by yourself. Like, wait, why aren't I good at this? Why wouldn't I be? Why? Because negativity said so? Negativity, you've been there forever. You're going to be there forever. You're not leaving. So I need to understand how to deal with you. I need to reshift that relationship. I need to regain the power from, from the negative talk aspect of me and bring it over to the more healthy side. So challenge it. Stop it in the mist. And again, literally say stop. People look at me all the time. I'll be like, yo, stop. Hey, wait, wait, I didn't do nothing. No, not you. I'm talking about me. <laughs> right? Now, if you don't want to get that type of uh, attention, just say it in your head. But you'll be surprised at how good it, how well it works. So, again, when we're talking about overcoming imposter syndrome, we're talking about talk about it. Understand the symptoms. Celebrate success and document accomplishments. Say you the shit. And then challenge negative thoughts, replacing unhealthy ones with more healthy ones. Listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode. The allergies didn't hit me that hard. <laughs> um, but as usual, subscribe, share with a brother, share with a sister who could benefit from this information. Check me out on Instagram at Phil underscore Quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y. I'm on Twitter too, even though I don't check it with the same name, Phil underscore Quadify, Facebook.com, PhilipMSW. And check out my website for coaching and merchandise needs. That's www.quadifyllc.net. Peace.